Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, co-founder and chief royalty officer of Royalty. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparent Entertainment Group. I handle registrations and repertoires for performers and rights holders around the world. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, the Neighboring Rights Podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I went to Music Biz in Nashville. It's a great conference. I mean, really good. This year, everything centered around how the industry is changing, what the new revenue streams are, business models. So on the whole, it was incredibly informative. I was on the Next Generation Revenue Panel. We all gave a bit of what we thought were the next revenue streams to focus on. And my bit was explaining what neighboring rights was. And it was great. I gave away as much as I could to educate people within the time allotted me. And there was a long queue to speak afterwards. Everybody had questions. So it's clearly on everyone's mind. Second only (laughs) to AI. Didn't matter what panel it was. AI came into every panel whether it was licensing, sampling, sync, neighboring rights, you name it. It was really informative and really good. In terms of communicating to the audience what are neighboring rights, I would say, just to recap, how would you, how did you go about defining neighboring rights for the audience? Because it's an opaque thing, it's complicated, it's very misunderstood. How did you go about communicating what it was to the audience? I put it very simply. It's the public performance royalty in the recording. That's all it is. And you know what the public performance is because you go into an elevator or a shop or a gym and you hear music playing. So you know that in order for that music to be playing in that gym, that shop, that elevator, there has to be a sound recording and a composition. And the composition is the written part of it. And that's controlled by ASCAP, BMI, PRS. And the sound recording part of it is controlled by Sound Exchange, PPL, GVL. So it's really simple. And they're called neighboring rights because they sit next to publishing public performance royalty. It's much simpler than people make it out to be or afraid that it will be. Copyrights have rights attached to it. And the right to publicly perform a copyright is a protected right. And since the sound recording is a copyright and the music composition is a copyright, both get a performance royalty associated with these. I think that because the composition may be called public performance and neighboring rights is called neighboring rights, because not to confuse the two, people might get confused. So can we say that it's the Mr. Rogers of public performance? because it's in the neighborhood of the publishing public performance. (laughs) That works for me. And the hot topic question was, how does neighboring rights work in terms of AI? Who's entitled to neighboring rights for something that's created by AI? And again, I took it right back to the very basic elements of copyright, which is whoever owns it, whoever made the audible contribution in whatever the AI puts out, is entitled to the neighboring rights royalty as a performer. And you determine 
who owns the output of AI based on the input. So if you teach your AI to learn from my top five songs and you spit something out using my top five recordings and compositions, I own it. I own it 100% for the recording and for the publishing. If you break it up and you use one from each of us, then the three of us own it in equal measures or in different measures if the proportions are pro rata different. If there's a million of us and it learned from a million recordings and compositions and it used those recordings and compositions in the output, then we all jointly own it, a million of us. If it just learned from us and put out something entirely different, not using our recordings, not using our compositions, then whoever programmed the AI owns it. The machine never owns it. The algorithm never owns it. Always a human being owns it. If you take it as a very basic example, a drum machine and creating a drum loop or a loop pedal and creating a new loop track or a synthesizer and playing the trumpet on your keyboard, get the basic understanding of how those machines don't own anything. You mentioned that, so the AI is getting trained, just save for simplicity, by five recordings slash compositions. It's fed that, trains the model on it. The output is actually not sounding, not anything close to what the inputs were. Where do the rights holders stand in the ownership and the output? It depends what they used less than how it sounds. So if you took those five recordings and manipulated them in a way, but still used them, then the original owners used them. It's very much like sampling. And if you take it way back to the 90s where someone said, yes, I've used your drum track, but I have slowed it down and played it backwards. So it's mine. It's not yours. You used my drum track. No, that makes perfect sense. And we've been here before. It is just like sampling. It is. And and I hate when everyone says it's the wild, wild west because, you know, they had laws in the wild, wild west. Back in the day, it was still unlawful to kill and to rob and to rustle cattle. Okay, it's like that but the laws still existed and we still have to follow them. Same today. We're not doing anything new. I think what's scary to people, especially musicians, is the thought of getting replaced by these machines that can interpret, incorporate millions of copyrighted material and then produce essentially millions of derivative works at scale. And that freaks a lot of you know music creators out. There's also a lot of value creation that can happen with this if the licensing is clear and royalties obviously are paid. The licensing component of it is what needs to get sorted out. But I think conceptually and technologically, it's it's a very good thing. We've been here before with sampling and every time there's something new in the business, something that emerges of course there's a collective fear because it's out of it's born out of a lack of understanding and awareness but it is very simplified it's computer as synthesizer and whoever's inputting the whoever's hitting the keys whichever human's hitting the keys then that human owns the the rights a lot on twitter with the musicians panicking and i understand it i empathize they're panicking that robots will replace them and there'll be economies of scale as Andrew was saying but there's always going to be a need for musicians to play you know your wedding gig and to people love live music they do I I mean I'm at a gig every week you know since COVID is you know since we can completely and as a songwriter have you ever consulted a rhyming dictionary 
Yeah, I have. So what's the difference between opening that book and asking Siri what rhymes with orange? It's a tool and it's faster than us. Of course it can do that, but that's not the point of it. The point of it isn't to replace us. The point of it is to assist us. Yeah, look upon it as a tool. And if you find that your music has been used in anything created by AI, go and claim your neighboring rights. Register that recording, find the ISRC code, and register it at SoundExchange, PPL, GBL, all of them. It's your right. Yeah, if your voice, if your perform, if your performance is in the output, go claim it. Especially yeah. if they haven't officially licensed it from you. In that case, it's all yours. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, and you can claim as a rights holder as well as a performer. Because if they didn't get a license from you saying they are the rights holder, then you are, because you always were. Cool. Thank you. I hope we cleared that up for everybody. And thank you guys for listening. Any questions, write to us. Info at IFR, IAFAR.co.uk. Please go and become a member if you're not, because we have all the time in the world for you then. Take care. Have a great week. Bye.